Hey everybody, it's Nico with today's Thought Load. Today's going to be the second episode in my series on permaculture, and I want to try and focus on energy systems today. Now before I get into energy systems, I'm going to lay the groundwork on some of the, the benefits and drawbacks to permaculture. I'll talk generally at first, and then I will get into a little bit more specifics on what type of energy systems we can create and how those systems can benefit a permaculture type setup. Um, now, if you're unfamiliar with the, the term per- permaculture, I'd urge you to go and listen to my first thought load on this. But at a high level, permaculture is a farming practice that is designed to mimic the systems that we see in nature. And so some of those benefits that we see for, for permaculture is that you're using zero pesticides or, or very low amounts of pesticides. You know, if a lot of the permaculture farmers will say, if you have a slug problem, you need to bring in ducks. If you have a lot of fallen trees and you can't manage all the wood okay, maybe you bring in animals that can break those up or maybe eat some of those small branches like goats, things like that. Um, and through the different animals and symbiotic relationships that you can have on a permaculture farm, you're not using a lot of pesticides because of that. Um, another benefit is that you're usually going to have a wide variety of crops. And that's awesome because that means you probably will have something to sell or something to eat year round, right? And if you have something to eat year round, even if it's a small amount, you're probably cutting down on food costs elsewhere. You know, if you're growing your food in your backyard, well, that's one less trip you have to take to the grocery store. Now, another benefit is that over time, your permaculture farm or whatever you end up doing, even if it's a small project in your backyard, over time, those plants are going to be naturally resistant to disease. One of the things that that uh, Mark Shepard talks about is a process called STUN. It's uh, strategic, total, utter neglect. And how he does that is if he sees a tree that has a disease, he will let it die. He doesn't cut it down or try and fix it or try and introduce pesticides. And the reason is, is that tree that has the disease has genetic traits that make it susceptible to that disease. And he doesn't want that. He wants trees and plants that are resistant to those diseases. Now, before that tree got disease and and died, if it was able to pollinate and and create seeds and sprout new trees, maybe some of those new trees would be resistant to that same disease. And that's the main reason why he keeps it there at least until until it dies. But over time, that breeding um, and changes in the, the plant genome will make it more naturally resistant to disease. It's not perfect, right? New diseases will come along and affect all types of plants, but that it's a, it's a way to help make sure that your plants are naturally resistant to diseases. Um, and one of the last benefits is that if your permaculture systems are designed properly, they're very symbiotic in nature, right? In the previous episode, I talked about swales and how swales can help 
the landscape absorb water? Well, a swale is something that we physically build and change the landscape, right? Used to change the landscape. When we build a swale, it gives us a place to put a tree kind of on the top of that. And when we put in a tree, that gives us a shaded area that we can use for shade-loving vines or shade-loving bushes, right? So even more variety of plants can be put in just because you put in a swale and a tree. Uh, And all of those, again, are symbiotic in nature. The big tree is hopefully giving you some type of nuts or maybe wood to use for construction, whatever it may be, but it's providing shade for other, other plants below it. It's also keeping the ground beneath it moist, at least when it's not suck, sucking up water, um, and keeping that, that land hydrated. Now, even though I've seen a lot of benefits to permaculture and just listed out a few for you, there's obviously drawbacks to, to permaculture. And one of those is there's a lot of manual labor at the beginning. You know, if, if someone gets a piece of land, it's probably not designed with permaculture in mind. Your standard plot of farmland is flat, no trees, you know, and that's it. But a permaculture farm, there's undulation, there's lots of trees, there's swales, there's water catchment systems and things like that. And so that initial manual labor is, is going to be intense. But that's a easy drawback, I guess, I guess for me. Because in the beginning, yeah, it's a lot of work, but over time, that work will get less and less. Now, part of that manual labor in the beginning is also the design phase of permaculture. And it's extremely meticulous. That's one of the other drawbacks, right? It's Permaculture is not something where you can buy a piece of land or just look at your backyard and be like, all right, cool, I know exactly what I'm going to do. It's a little more detailed than that. Even if you're just looking at a space as small as your backyard, we need to see, okay, where does the air move through this property? Where is it? Is it blowing too hard at an area? Do we need to create a wind barrier? Is there parts of the property where water soaks in more than others? Is there part of the property where water pools when it rains? Um, where, where does the sun shine the most? If, we were to plant a really a tree that's going to get hundreds of feet tall. How is that shadow of the tree going to affect the farm when that tree grows to a hundred feet a couple years from now? All of those subtle aspects of design are, are part are a part of permaculture, and because it's very meticulous, it's a little bit of a drawback. But for me, that design phase is fun. But hey, for other people, that could be just extra work. Another drawback is is that initial financial cost, right? You're going to have costs of buying plants, tools to to make these swales and and water catchment systems, whatever they may be. So that initial cost may be high. But again, because there's a low operating cost for permaculture farms, that's that's a simple drawback, I guess. But hey, it is. It's a drawback for sure. And the last one that I wrote down here was that most permaculture farms are slow to ramp up. If if a, your idea of going into farming is getting into permaculture, well, I would advise you that it may take a, 
one, two, maybe three or more years to get consistent yields and consistent flow with the plants that you're trying to grow and sell on your property. Now, all of that kind of lays the foundation for the benefits and drawbacks to permaculture. And now I want to get into how modern systems can help make permaculture farming even easier. The first one that comes to mind has to do with that that last drawback I just mentioned to you, where it's slow to ramp up and, and get consistent yields those first couple of years. Well, to help offset that, what you could do is maybe design a, a an aqua uh, excuse me an aquaponics system so you can grow fruiting plants quickly and also grow fish that you can either eat or sell during the process. Now, yes, that is that's going to take some money to to start up and build and all that stuff. But if you set up aquaponics correctly, you can start to get yields of tomatoes, beans, squash, and tons of other different plants in a matter of weeks, maybe two months, three months, depending on how old the plants are whenever they're planted. And so that's a great way for you to design a system that can give you something in the meantime while the rest of the permaculture stuff is getting ramped up. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with aquaponics, aquaponics is a system that utilizes fish waste to feed plants. And it's a whole setup of like water tank for fish and that water flows to other tanks and then through beds. And I'm not going to go into the specifics here, but it's a, it's a really cool way to, to grow plants um, that doesn't use utilize any soil. So really cool way you can do that. And again, that's a, that's a modern system that can help aid in, in the development of a permaculture property. And you can even use that aquaponic system to start growing smaller plants to then transplant them into other areas of your farm. So it can kind of be like a staging area as well. Now, that's only talking about like the growing of plants, but there's also like what happens when the plants die. There's normally a composting process that happens on most farms. And I'm sure there's farms and and big industries out there that have designed systems that are way more efficient. But for most farmers, that's a manual labor type of process. You have to take the plant waste and put it in a composting pile and mix in some uh, mix in some other organic matter and keep it wet or leave it out in the sun. And there's tons of different methods to, to make compost, but a lot of it is manual and manually intensive. And so what if we were able to design systems that helped automate that process? So like the, something that comes to mind is imagine you have a, a compost pile in front of you and kind of on the back of that, there's a, a pole with a solar panel, right? And maybe next to that one, there's a pole with a wind turbine. So your composting pile has got solar and wind being generated just right next to it. Now with that energy, you can use that to, I don't know, 
create hydraulic lifts. You could power hydraulic lifts. Um, that, that can help you move all of that compost and all of that material so that you're not spending hours and hours lifting and moving that to, to keep rotating that plant material and, and processing the compost, right? That's just using the resources that we have outside the renewable resources to help make life a little easier when it comes to the standard operating procedures that you have on a farm. Now, along with composting, something else that's standard on most farms is the movement of water or irrigation, right? We can't just expect all of our plants to have all of the water that they need. And so what could we do there? Well, same thing that I kind of mentioned with the, the compost there. If we're able to generate solar and wind power in other areas of the farm, now we have some electricity to fuel pumps where we can send that water to various places on a property and basically doing so free of charge. That, that helps ensure that all of your plants that get into the ground initially have enough water and you don't have to do anything after it's set up. Again, one of those drawbacks is that I mentioned earlier is that there's a lot of upfront labor and that's, that's part of setting up these systems. But if you imagine setting up an irrigation system so that every corner of your property is perfectly hydrated, or at least to the best that you can, and all you have to do is flip a switch to turn it on, I mean, that's, that's pretty easy, you know? I know uh, Tyler will probably listen to this in combat, but I know golf courses do that. There's, you know, they have amazing systems in place and some of the newer courses have like robotics and stuff. I don't want to get into that, but you know, that they, they have that system down in terms of irrigation and stuff and they're trying to make their lives easier. They, they don't want to have to go out there and measure how, how much water is in a certain area or not. They want, they want to be able to just look at a computer screen and flip a switch. And that's the same type of idea with some of these energy systems as well. Now, along with, composting and setting up irrigation systems. Another thing that can help permaculture farms is generating different types of energy or finding ways that you can generate energy to help other things on your, on your property. One of the energy creation systems I'm looking into recently is hydrogen. Um, I'll link a video to, I believe it's a fire department in Hawaii that is generating their own hydrogen for their, for their fuel station. I think one of their vehicles, like the, it's just a standard transportation vehicle, not like a fire truck, but it runs on hydrogen and they make that themselves. Uh, I literally saw a video where you can start creating hydrogen from a bottle of water, uh, some screws and washers and an electric current. And that's it. Uh, pretty pretty easy. And then with that gas, you can create engines. And those engines can help you move things or cut things or dig things or whatever it may be. And all of those things, that, that would just make your life easier on the farm, right? And that's the idea that I wanted to present here in this in this recording today. Is that 
Even though, to me, permaculture sounds extremely captivating, a lot of the natural systems that are in place are symbiotic and work together, there's still gaps to me. And if I was going to get into farming, I want it to be as efficient as possible, as efficient as I can make it with the technology that we have. And a lot of that is, is using different types of energy and trying to store it and use that energy for, I don't know, to make my life easier. Something else that a lot of farms have that they don't utilize is running water and the energy that you have from running water. If you look up micro hydro power plants or power generation, you'll see tons of different videos and diagrams of just little turbines that you can use to generate electricity. And all you need is a, I mean, barely any flow of water if you set it up right. So doing that can create even more electricity, even more power to power your tools, to power your lights, to power these systems I mentioned to you earlier about the movement of water and composting and stuff like that. And again, all of these, to me, aid aid in the, the permaculture farm and making that just an easier process for you. So I think I've rambled enough here today. Hopefully that gives you a good idea of some of the different systems that you can use on a permaculture farm, some of their benefits and drawbacks. And I'll leave you with some resources here, um, both the hydrogen video I mentioned, um, as well as some micro hydro generator videos that I've found as well. Um, and stay tuned for, for the, the upcoming episode in this permaculture series. I'll actually be talking about the financial aspect of this um, and referencing Mark Shepard a lot as well. Uh, he, he's talked in seminars about this aspect and he tries to push this aspect a lot to farmers because tons of farmers just think that, well, they're not going to make enough money in permaculture and, uh, you know, spoiler alert, you can. You actually can make more money than traditional farming methods, so. I'll be getting into that in the next episode. If you like this one, please leave us a review. That's how we spread the word and get everyone interested in our cause here. And I want to leave you with a quote from Andy Warhol. He says, I think having land and not ruining it is the most beautiful art that anybody could ever want to own. Guys, we'll see you again next week for another Thought Load. And as always, begin the duel, win the day.